Hello, all of my awakened and inquisitive truth-seeking individuals. Welcome to another episode of the Wokish Podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Cavalius, but I also happen to be a starseed whose sole purpose is to awaken as many people as possible before the rapture, even if those said people couldn't care less about being woke and, you know, would rather continue along a path of blissful ignorance, subconsciously trapped in a web of deception so intricate that, you know, we've got entire extraterrestrial civilizations from other planets, galaxies, and dimensions trying to intervene in this cerebral hijacking brought about by none other than the men in the shadows. Even though we've only been hip to this for the past, you know, 100 years or so, the master plan was set in motion thousands of years ago by an extraterrestrial race called the Anunnaki. This group of ETs are essentially our progenitors, and they tinkered with our DNA thousands of years ago, helping us along the evolutionary path to where we are today, you know, with ulterior motives and intentions, of course. (laughs) So where am I getting all this? From the stone tablets chiseled out by Sumerians. Sumeria, which is now modern-day Iraq, was ground zero for ET visitations, worship, and interaction. The name Anunnaki actually translates into those from the heavens who came to earth. Mind you, the Sumerians were the first for everything that we see and use today as a society. Writing, language, record keeping, including astronomically and calendrically. They were the first for agriculture and irrigation technologies, marriage, the adornment of jewelry, mathematics, political assemblies, the list goes on and on. They were literally the first for the wheel and using carriages and oxen for transport. Why would a civilization so newly acclimated to a civilized existence fabricate stories about beings from another planet who seeded them with all that knowledge and then chisel those stories into slabs of rock buried in such a manner that they were to be found by a much later civilization? These stone tablets that were discovered, these same stone tablets that the Smithsonian Institution was more than likely assembled for, to suppress and outright destroy these stone slabs have stories on them that precede the tales within the Bible. The weird thing is the stories of Noah, Moses, and even Jesus sound eerily similar to the Sumerian tales of creation, the flood, and even some of the interactions between humans and angels. The story of Noah and the cataclysm that ensued has probably the most striking resemblance to the Epic of Gilgamesh, written more than a thousand years prior to the Hebrew Bible. I went there with the discrediting of the Roman Catholic Church in order to show you that the Sumerians had no time to tell stories. They were too busy documenting the marvelous and wondrous occurrences happening in their day-to-day lives. From aerial battles right above their cities to the birth of giants splitting their mothers nearly in half upon entering the world, the Anunnaki were real and involved in their daily lives. Now, if we look at who the Anunnaki were from a logical modern day standpoint, you can see where we get our distorted views, warring aggressive behavior, and incessant need to take what isn't ours. Because that's what the Anunnaki were, a spacefaring, planet-plundering civilization who came here to mine gold in order to save their species. Now, remember, this story was carved into Sumerian stone tablets. I always suggest for an individual to do their own research in case you doubt what I'm telling you. Gold was mined and shipped to Mars for refinement and transport, and then sent to their home planet of Nibiru. Gold was used in a couple of ways. 
it was ionized and sprayed into their atmosphere in order to create a dome of sorts to retain the heat being radiated from the core of their planet. Their heat source was geothermal, not from a separate sun like we use. Nibiru, or Planet X as the NASA-affiliated astronomers like to call it, has an extreme elliptical orbit, which for about 75% of that orbit, it's one of darkness and desolation. The Anunnaki also utilize gold to sustain their lifespan while traversing the galaxy by alchemizing gold into a powder-like substance called ORMS. ORMS stands for Orbitally Rearranged Monoatomic Elements. Now this substance has the ability to sustain a person's lifespan pretty much indefinitely. They use this substance as a superfood, or mana, as it was called in the Bible. It also has other names, such as uh, M-State, or the Philosopher's Stone, etc. You know, look it up. This powder was ingested and sustained their lifespans for quite literally tens of thousands of years, reversing the effects of age and the toxicity of a planet whose chemical composition was vastly different than that of their home planet. The obsession and technological utilization the Anunnaki had with gold is again evident in our everyday society as we use it for adornment, high-tech electronics, and it's also used in space exploration devices. Everything from satellites and probes to visor on an astronaut's helmet is insulated by ionized gold. Speaking of gold, did you know that almost every country within the United Nation, their gold reserves are now nowhere to be found? <laughs> yes, and even Fort Knox. Now, does that mean the Anunnaki are already here? <laughs> I'd say so. I'm not a religious guy, okay? Meaning I don't adhere or conform to one form of narrative or the other. But one thing all religions agree upon is the return of the gods. I say it in plural form, and if you read the Bible and change all the singular references of God to plural, things start to make a whole lot more sense, okay? There is a governing body of gods that the Anunnaki are a part of, more than likely, in the same manner that the UN is composed, and the same way that the US or Russia or China is a rogue nation that sometimes can't be contained, reasoned with, or encouraged to do anything other than pillage and plunder for its own benefit, as is the case with the Anunnaki. We can't necessarily call them good or evil because our limited comprehension of what good and evil really is corrals our thought processes almost wholly. What we can say is that they work in conjunction with other ET races who have a hand in our evolution, as well as a hand in the Depop agenda being implemented as we speak. And what did they look like? <laughs> well, according to the depictions of stone carvings and busts, statues, and as well as documentation on stone tablets, papyrus, and the likes, they say that they were extremely tall, some dark-skinned, some even had skin a dark blue. They had long hair, and the men had extremely long, thick beards. They actually had six toes and fingers, and the strength of 20 men, and also the ability to stay awake for months at a time. What really blows me away is their depictions and writings concerning their gaze. They didn't blink, which clearly suggests the immense coherence and complexity of their thought processes. So let me explain. A person would think that the ability to blink is only to keep our eyes from drying out and to remove debris from our cornea. Blinking is way more important than that. It actually acts as the brain's filter. Blinking limits the amount of input to the brain and breaks it up into bites of information, if you will, so as to not overload the processor. Still a bit cloudy on that idea? Look, try this, okay? Open your eyes as wide as you possibly can and try not to blink for as long as you can. 
And after a few moments, your coherence and perception of your surroundings will magnify. I kid you not. Try it out. Do that for long enough, though, and a headache will definitely ensue, along with a little bit of disorientation. And it's not because your eyelids are tired, silly, okay? It's because your brain is taking in way too much information, which speaks volumes about the Anunnaki's superiority. The proof of the Anunnaki's existence goes well beyond ancient Mesopotamia. Almost every major civilization from the past 5,000 years talks about a race of beings that controls the efforts, pursuits, or plights of mankind. For example, Anu, who was the king of the gods for the Sumerians. We're also talking about Zeus from the Greek pantheon, or you know Jupiter with the Romans, and Kukulkan from Mayan culture, Amun-Ra with the Egyptians, and Inti, or Apupanchao, of the Incas. You have to realize that these beings live for thousands upon thousands of years while birthing and fostering new civilizations in order to reach whatever their purpose was at the time, you know, as elusive as that purpose may be to us now. But we'll know what that aforementioned purpose is within the next eight to ten years for sure. You can bet your ass on that. To the Anunnaki, we are a domesticated breed. In the same way that the cold-hearted puppy mill breeders mass-produce variations of litters. In order for them to create the perfect stud or bitch for the perfection of future generations, they expend immeasurable amounts of offspring, euthanizing entire litters before they even you know, had a chance to open their eyes or put their paws flat on the earth. And they do so with absolutely no empathy. They are in pursuit of perfection. Within that breed or bloodline, the perfect specimen is sought out and, you know, at the cost of others. This analogy that I've just demonstrated is exactly what we are dealing with as a species on this planet. This massive puppy mill that we call Earth is controlled by these off-world entities, and right now they are in the process of creating Human 2.0. A human that can fully integrate with AI, be completely docile and compliant, um, you know, able to withstand the extreme weather conditions that are just on the horizon, as well as resist the viruses, both natural and lab-created, that will emerge and flourish as cataclysms and natural disasters reconstitute the planet. Our DNA clearly shows the multitude of ET races that tinkered with it. The Anunnaki created us as a slave species, but the head geneticist, named Inky, wanted to give us more. The constant conflict that each and every human being deals with between their mind and soul is a cosmic reverberation of the tinkering with our genetic code. Conflict, war, disassociation, and ulterior motive is literally in our blood. So they'll continue to thin the herd until they can control the rest, keeping us corralled in a digital stable with blinders on, castrated, pacified, and compliant. <laughs> now look, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to fight that shit until they take my ass out, okay? I've said enough. I suggest you guys take a look at the overwhelming evidence on your own. Get back to me after you do, okay? I'm out of time, guys, <laughs> but never out of alignment. Take care and God bless. God damn it, Morpheus. Not everyone believes what you believe. My beliefs do not require them to. We now live in a world where fact is far stranger than fiction. Take the journey with us as we uncover hidden knowledge and shocking truths which are vital to our awakening process. You are now listening to Wokish.
For those of you with a voice, if you want to know how you can start your own podcast and share your truths, check the link in the description below to sign up for Buzzsprout. Learn how you can get a $20 Amazon gift card and support the show.